Hey, everybody. Diane Canada here. We're live. And I want to just invite you to grab a cup of, tea, cup of tea like I have and settle in for the next half hour with me. We're going to be talking about American Lives Matter. Yep, I'm going there. So come right back with me. and We'll get into the topic. Now's the time for Well, we just came off of Memorial Day. Hope you had a safe and happy and healthy Memorial Day. Obviously, it was a great three-day weekend. That was in the news quite a lot this week. Kamala Harris really uh, stuck her foot in it with that. Um, but we know why this weekend was significant, because American soldiers bled and died on battlefields for our freedom. Their lives matter. Our topic this week, American Lives Matter. Of course, their lives mattered. They gave us our freedoms. But I also want to acknowledge today that it is Tennessee's 225th birthday. 225 years ago today, Tennessee became a state. So happy birthday, Tennessee. And a lot of those uh, revolutionary, American revolutionary soldiers who bled and died on battlefields made that possible. Y'all, today we're going to dig into... Um, kind of an overview. And then I'm going to build this out over the course of the week because, you know, we have had uh, conservatism is literally like it is like open season on conservatives right now. And why is that? It's because we're rooted in the Bible. We're rooted in Christian principles. And if they can just get the Christians out of the way, <laughs> they can get um, any kind of spiritual morality out of the way, then it can be in anything goes society, right? I mean, we're already seeing glimpses of that that scare us to death. Uh, but, you know, we, God says, I say this over and over again, God did not give us a spirit of fear, but of love and of sound mind. And sometimes love um, is active. You know, it's not just a passive layback, wait for all of this to kind of blow over. Um, oh, it'll all be fine. Sometimes we have to get up off our rumps and get out and do some things. And I know that if you're watching this show, if you're showing up at events, then you are in the game. You know, you are doing that. You're in the game and I commend you for that. But what I want to do today is just kind of break down the American way of life. I want to look at that first. Okay, because... We need to understand what it is we're defending <laughs> as conservatives. We need to understand what it is that we, what it is we're trying to protect. What it is are we trying to, what are we trying to conserve as conservatives? Okay, so I think that freedom is obvious. Liberties are obvious. Um, we need to understand like what we stand for as people. I've been, you know, I've been taking this great course uh, through the Heritage Foundation, and they have laid out some really great uh, reminders of the fact that living in a free society and living in a, a free market economy gives us all these choices in life, right? When everybody is trying to push the socialist idea, we need to like look at the comparisons. What does that mean? Every socialist nation that has ever tried it, regretted it almost immediately and did everything they could to try to reverse it because they realized that they really, really messed up. Okay, so we need to look at the free market 
the free enterprise, what it means. So one of the things that they did in the course that I thought was really brilliant is they showed this grocery store. And what she said was in the grocery store, she said, I want you to look at what the people are wearing. And I thought that was really interesting. They had coats on. And she's like, okay, this picture was taken at my grocery store in New York in the winter. People had coats on. All right. But yet the produce department was full. It was like it had all of these options, apples and bananas and all this great, you know, green vegetables and all this stuff that was available to them in the middle of the winter in New York. And she was talking about how in a free society, it means that you still have those selections because of free trade, because of free markets, that we still, we have, everybody has their own preferences, right? We don't want a society where things are dictated to us what we get to have. Okay, you only get to have gala apples, right? Or you only get to have Granny Smith apples. That's all that we're going to make available to you. That's what happens in socialism. We as a nation, we believe in freedom and we believe in choice and we believe in being able to satisfy the the unique needs and desires and wants that we have. And so this picture of the produce department, I just thought it was so great. It's like, that's a great way to depict it. And, you know, when you want to clothe your family or you want to go on vacation or whatever it is, we have all these options, all these choices because of our free market economy. And she was breaking it down and she was talking about how the reason we have that is because when the market, when people drive the supply and the demand, that's where we get competitors. And that's where, I mean, obviously a capitalist society, this is what this is all about. You know, people then strive to do it better or to provide a better service or a better product because they know that people will not buy it if it's not good, right? I mean, it seems simple, but I think a lot of people don't really look at it like this. You know, if if we don't have that competitiveness, if we don't have those um, options available to us, you know, this is what drives our economy. This is what drives people to become better and better. This is why we're some of the best innovators in the world because we have these incentives. And yeah, the incentive might be profit, but it can be profit in lots of ways. Profit with more of your time available to you. Um, again, obviously more money available to you. It can look at, look a lot of different ways. But the bottom line is we need those options in order to keep driving innovation and driving people to be incentivized so that we can then continue to flourish. In America, in a free market economy, everybody has choices. Everybody can thrive. Okay. And now I know a lot of you will say, well, what about these low income, you know, areas, these inner cities and a lot of people who are, you know, maybe in rural communities, the poverty, all of that. Okay. Well, let's look at that for a minute. All right. Let's break that down. My mom always told me, you know, reach for the moon, reach for the moon and you might catch a star, right? People, no matter what walk of life they come from, no matter what demographic they were born in, in America, they have the opportunity to rise up out of their circumstance and go on to achieve great things. I mean, look at our history. How many people over and over and over and over again did that? We love those stories. Movies are made about those stories. Okay. It's not capitalism that has kept people down. If you really research it, and I am really researching it right now, I can tell you it is poor democratic policies that have really weighed it down. Our education system. All right, let's look at that. If we if we go back and we look at the origins, like the genesis of how 
we got here. And I won't go into too much of this today because I've got a lot of other stuff I want to cover and we'll go in deeper as the week goes on. But let me just touch on it for a second. All right. When we look at the education system, it was it started to kind of decline in the Lyndon Johnson days. Okay, after Kennedy was assassinated and Lyndon Johnson came into power, he started putting forward some of these policies, trying to kind of, you know, close the gap between people who were privileged and people who were not when it came to educational choices. All right. And so he kind of started it. And as we have let the the last several decades roll by, more and more effort from the federal government to try and close those gaps has done nothing, absolutely nothing to close the gaps. In fact, they've either stayed the same or slightly worsened. All right. So that's not that's not what's going to help dig people out of situations like that. Again, choice is what's going to do that. So we look at the very controversial topic right now of school choice, the vouchers, right? Uh, The way that I understand them is this. They kind of work. And again, this is something I got from the Heritage Academy uh, that I was just going through. She put it like this. She said, they're kind of like Amazon gift cards when it comes to education. So like, let's say that somebody has um, a, a, a disability. Maybe it's a special needs child. Rather than going to the traditional public school where they're going to be, you know, under that Common Core, <laughs> which there's a whole history behind how we ended up with Common Core that I'll get into later this week. But let's just say that they have special needs. They're going to be stuck with this one standardized, you know, education system. They're not going to th- necessarily thrive in that. But if they have a school choice voucher where they can actually choose to say, okay, I'm going to spend some of the money that the federal government would have normally spent for me to go to this public school. I'm going to get it all in a bank account. In a, in a savings account. And the parent then can choose. They can say, well, I don't want my child to just go to this public school. I'm going to put them part, part of, I'm going to use part of that money to put them maybe in a charter school or a private school, whatever they feel like they can do. And then some of that money could be used towards a special tutor. You know, some of that money, one, one story I saw, some of that money was used for equine therapy. You know, so it gave parents the opportunity to choose where that money could best be used for their individual child. I mean, that is how we're going to get out of, I think it was Milton Friedman, if I'm, if I'm remembering right, who originally introduced that idea. And I think it was back in the fifties. Don't quote me on that. I'll go back and I'll look and correct it this week, but believe it was in the fifties. He kind of introduced it. It didn't get any traction. We instead kind of went with all of this stuff that led to common core um, and then you remember the No Child Left Behind, it, which is now, um, I forget what it's called now, but there's a there's a new name for it that evolved out of No Child Left Behind. And these policies, they've proven over and over, they do absolutely nothing, nothing to move kids forward. Choice, however, does. Because now the, the schools have to be competitive. Schools have to try to keep these kids. You know, now let's talk about the college level. All right. This was something else that kind of came out of the Johnson administration and then later the Carter administration. Basically, what they were trying to do was not only just underwrite college loans, but they now basically are the originators of them. And that has shot college prices way, way, way up. So kids are now complaining, oh, the college tuition is too high. I'm coming out with all this student loan debt. Well, the reason why they're doing that is because for every dollar that is spent on a college loan, the colleges increase 
their fees by 60 cents. Go look it up. All right. So it just inches up and up and up and up. And so now these college you know, loans are crazy, crazy hard for kids to pay back. So if you look all the, I guess what I'm trying to say is that the federal government's attempt to try to close gaps, correct disparities, all of that with their general one blanket, one size fits all kind of idea backfires because in a free market, in a free America, we want choice. And that's what's going to drive in innovation. And that's what's going to drive people to succeed. Just is. It's not my opinion. The proof is in <laughs> our history, 100%. So I'm, I'm on a rant today, y'all, a little bit. <laughs> I'm a little fired up. So stay with me. Another thing that can get, that we're fighting for here on America, when I say American lives matter, another thing we're fighting for in, when it comes to our freedom is our ability to reach our God-given potential right? Okay. So I believe that God put a specific purpose in each one of us. And he even says it in the Bible in his words, he says, I knitted you together in your mother's womb. The plans I have for you are to prosper you and to bring you a good, a good life. And so there's so much, he works all things together for good. I mean, there is a purpose and a plan for each one of us. And when we are limited, when we, when our choices are limited, then we don't have the opportunity to go test drive that potential. We don't have the opportunity to go trial and error or see what's going to work. See, you know, we don't have opportunities to fail and we need those failures to teach us. So we can get back up and find that inner strength and find that inner gumption to get, you know, to go try again. Again, that's how innovation is done. How many times did the Wright brothers, you know, crash their planes before they finally figured out how to fly it? <laughs> I mean, this is what we need. So entrepreneurship is something I'm so passionate about. I didn't have a college education. Uh, you know, I did go to college a couple times, tried to get it, but I didn't end up, fall, you know, finishing. Life just had different plans for me. And um, I ended up going the entrepreneur route, a, a really cool, like super cool um female VP from a company took me under wing and she taught me a lot about consulting. And then I went on to have my own consulting businesses in the medical profession. And then later um, I kind of transitioned and ended up going into um, leadership training for women. And I've also of course been in the music industry as a songwriter, but I'm, I'm all about, you know, exploring new horizons and seeing what's possible and, every time I climb like one mountain and I, I take in the view and I do take a minute to stop and do that, then I'm like looking for the next mountain, like, oh, what else could I do? What else could I do? And that's, that's the spirit of an entrepreneur. And that's what built America. So why would we want to go to socialism and start stomping that out and squashing that? Out? I feel like it's, you know, spitting on the graves of all of the soldiers who fought so hard to give it to us. It's like spitting on the grave of Martin Luther King when we talk about resegregating and reparations and things like that. I mean, that is not what America is all about. That is not why all of those people lost their lives um, so that we could just turn around, not even a hundred years later, and say, well, you know, thanks, but we're going to try socialism. <laughs> You know, uh, but anyway, let's talk about entrepreneurship for a minute. So a lot of people in the inner cities um, and again, in rural environments, people that we consider to be underprivileged, right? Entrepreneurship can be a way out for them. 
And a lot of people say, well, they don't have access to the colleges. They don't have access to this. Well, we have online. Most people now, um, we have, even in rural communities, I mean, we have laws that are passing here in Tennessee to make uh, the internet available to a whole lot more people in rural communities. So we're, we're getting there. But people can get involved in one of the projects that even that I'm doing um, called the Tennessee Entrepreneur Initiative. And again, I'm not here to speak too much on that, but just to mention it, you know, we are offering basically like scholarships for people who want to become entrepreneurs. And we have benefactors and corporations paying their tuition into that, paying their fee to get into that. Um, It's the Black Entrepreneur Initiative. I'll tell you, entrepreneurship and education, things like that are going to be the way out and get people off of government dependency. That is the way out them realizing they have a God-given purpose, them realizing that in America, they get to go try it out. They get to go and reach for a moon, you know, catch a few stars. They need to be inspired. They need to be, you know, they need to be encouraged and they need to be told what they're capable of because they're valuable, because they're God's kids. And this is what we want to start pumping into people, pumping life into them, get them off of this mediocre, I'll just settle, just give me my paycheck, send, send me my mailbox money, and that's good enough. No, they reach, reach for all of this amazing potential that's inside of you. So this Black Entrepreneur Initiative that I'm part of is kind of a segue off of the Tennessee Entrepreneur Initiative. We've got a lot of companies getting behind this. And a lot of black companies getting behind it. We just had the co-founder of Essence Magazine sign on. We've already got Richard Petty Motorsports signed on. If you're watching any of the NASCAR races this year, you'll see the famous Petty car number 43 circling the track with right on the big hood there, Black Entrepreneur Initiative. He's uh, he's on board with us. We've got Staples on board. We have, uh, I think UPS is already, or they're coming on board. And we've got um, all these all these great companies that are getting behind it because they're really not buying this whole Black Lives Matter, can I just say crap anymore? They're just not buying it. Black Lives Matter, the sentiment of that, we all agree with that. We all agree that black lives matter. Every life matters. All right. Blue lives matter. All of it. Yeah. And I'm saying it. Every life matters because it was designed, created by God. All right. But the, but the actual company is all falling apart. It's all being exposed now. They've, you know, nobody can tell where any of that money is going. They have nothing to show for it for the last year and a half that they've been totally disrupting our country around it. And now people are leaving the organization and kind of going and whistleblowing on major news outlets and saying, yeah, it's really kind of a dud. Yeah, it's really not what we thought it was. So if at any point there's a time for conservatives to stand up, it's now. If not now, then when? Okay, our country is at stake. I know everybody refers to us as the silent majority, but we cannot afford to be silent anymore. Our our country that all of our men and women in uniform bled and died on battlefields to give us is what's on the line here. So if we've got to get in the game. Now, I know a lot of you say, how? How do I do it? All right. There are a lot of there are a lot of ways, but I want to show you this clip first before I get too deep into the how, because I'm going to give you some resources today that I think are going to help you. But I want to show you a clip because I think this will help you guys. 
you know, big tech, people say big tech is working against us. Major media is working against us. Yeah, they are. They absolutely are. But here, I'm just going to let Marsha say it and then I'll, I'll be back in just a sec. Here you go. Just listen to this. The most powerful name in news, the most trusted name in news is the Y-O-U. It is you and your circle of friends. Public polling, Gallup polling still shows people do not trust what they hear on the evening news, but they trust their friends who are well informed. Who are well informed. That's the key. So you're coming here, you're getting informed. You're probably, you know, looking at other places where you can get informed. I'm going to show you a couple of places where, um, where you can also get some more information. I put up a page on my website. Um, so if you just go to dianecanadalive.com slash resources, a lot of the things that I mentioned on here now, you're going to be able to find on there. All right. But there's Hillsdale College that can give you some great foundational courses in our country, in how our constitution was designed, what its intent, um, Congress. I mean, you can learn so, so, so much. And those courses are free. They're free to go and, and learn. They are the only college in America that takes absolutely zero in federal funding. They don't take a dime from the federal government. They are self-funded. They've been around for almost a hundred years and they do an amazing job, an amazing job of giving you really good foundation. Um, but here, but what we ha have to do at this point is understand that you, like Marcia said, you are the best news outlet because you are the one that has the influence in your community, your household, your neighborhood, your schools, your community. It is a, it, it's a war now for people's hearts and minds. That's what we're in. That is the heart of it. So speak up. Just because someone, just because someone might attack you or just because someone might retaliate, that is not enough reason anymore to stay silent. It's just not, you know, and we've got to, we've got to start rejecting the messages that they're sending that if we don't agree with them, it means we hate them. No, of course, that's not true. It also means that if we love them, we agree with everything they're doing. It doesn't mean that either. We're how come their viewpoints and their opinions are the only ones being shouted now in the public square. I'm not saying that we as conservatives need to go out and do shouting. We need to be graceful about it, but we can gracefully say, no, I'm sorry. I'm not buying that. Nope. I'm sorry. I don't believe that, you know, and it doesn't make you a racist. It doesn't make you a white supremacist. It doesn't make you any of those things. And, and if you're another ethnicity, it doesn't make you, you know, a black supremacist or whatever it is. It doesn't, these labels that they're trying to bully us with, we have to just refuse. We have to refuse them. We have to refuse to be offended. And we have to just understand that's them lashing out. They don't know what you know. They don't have that foundational root in God's word. They don't have that their values um, solidified inside of themselves yet. So you have opportunity to show them by not being offended, by gracefully just saying, no, I'm sorry, I don't believe that. Standing strong on your convictions, opening your mouth, okay, and speaking truth. Truth is on our side, guys. It's not, again, it's not my opinion, any of that. It is, truth is on our side. I have grown up and lived in a lot of different communities around a lot of different types of people. 
every demographic, trailer parks, farmhouses, apartment complexes, suburbs, McMansions, you name it. I've lived in among all those people. When I was growing up, we moved all the time. I went to 22 schools before high school. And then I've gone on as an adult to consult people in all walks of life, all different kinds of business owners, all different kinds of employees I've encountered with all different kinds of home lives. So believe me when I tell you, people are people wherever you go. There, we have common threads, common things that we are starving for. And the word of God is the only thing, the one and only thing that penetrates through all the noise, that penetrates through all of the de- deception, pen- penetrates through all of the media messaging. It gets through and it does not return void. So I've got some scriptures I'm going to give you today. All right. Life and death are in the tongue. Your mouth, your words have so much power. And if you're speaking from a place of love, you're speaking from a place of of really genuinely trying to win that heart and that mind in your community, that will not return void. Okay, another one, be angry. Yeah, we're angry. We're angry at what's going on in our country, but do not sin. God says that. That means we have the power to choose that. We have the power to not sin. Okay, even when we're mad. Another one, iron sharpens iron. God says, come to me, all of you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. We have the ability to tap into God when we're tired, tap into him when we when we've had enough, tap into him when we're being bullied, or tap into him just to get his strength so we can get up and go out and, and fight another day. All right. And the last thing that I want to leave you with is God says, in this world, there will be trouble. There will be tribulation. We're going to encounter things. But cheer up. I've overcome the world. This is not the last hurrah, okay? We're passing through. So you're going to have to face him one day. And when you're standing in front of him, we want him to say, well done, my good and faithful servant. All right. And that means doing something while we're here. It doesn't mean sitting back, worrying, biting your nails, wondering if this is all going to blow over or wondering if our country is going to hell in a handbasket. You have the po- the opportunity. You have the power right now to stop it. It is the court of public opinion. You, like Marsha Blackburn just said, the strongest media source is the Y-O-U. Yeah, I'm looking at you. <laughs> All right. So as we wind down today, thank you, Cherie. I can see her watching in. Yep, you can speak truth in love. Yeah, and it and it's not about being ugly. We don't want to, we don't want to stoop to that right? We don't want to stoop to to slinging insults and being ugly and all that stuff. That's not what it's about. It's about coming from a place of love, coming from a place of purity. We love our country. American lives matter. And this is our opportunity to stand up and prove it. <laughs> all right. Prove it. All right. Let me see if there's anything else I wanted to share with you today. Um, stop being chicken. Just stop being chicken. We got to get our moral courage back up. You know, we've got to not let, not allow them to do all the talking. All right. And again, remember, there's, it's not about opinion. All right. There's no, here's a note that I had I want to share. There's no amount of fit throwing that they can do and no amount of <laughs> master's degrees from useless liberal arts colleges that, that can compete with the word of God, the truth of God. Just remember the truth is on your side. All right. So go to that resources page. Make sure you um, check out those links that I left for you. And um, 
I will continue to put more of them up. And uh, if there's anything that you need specifically that I've mentioned that I don't have up there, just feel free to reach out and let me know. But American Lives Matter, we're going to be talking about it this this month from a lot of different angles. Um, I hope you'll come along with me for the ride. And I hope you're fired up. And I hope you're going to go out there and open your mouth and speak the truth of God and not be afraid. And even if you are afraid, do it anyway. I'm going to always tell you on this show, lady up and don't you dare quit. Don't quit. All right. That's all I got for you guys today. I'm going to drink my tea and uh, sign off. And I will see you guys back here tomorrow at three o'clock sharp. Have a great day, guys. Bye-bye.